Welcome to the Energy Nerd Show, powered by Synapse Energy Economics and Climable.org. This time on the Energy Nerd Show. Very excitingly enough, uh, last year, TVA committed to a set number of carbon reduction targets, three. Uh, they committed to a 70% reduction by 2030, a 80% reduction by 2035, and to be completely net zero by 2050. So it's pretty big news for, for one of the country's largest utilities to, to be making commitments like that. Energy Nerd Show. Hey, Bruce. Hey, Jeannie. Who's our guest on the show today? Today we have John Tabernero from Synapse. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, Jeannie. Hi, Bruce. So what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority. Got some exciting stuff from our latest report titled A Clean Portfolio Replacement at the Tennessee Valley Authority. Wow. Is it clean, really? Very much so. Yes. Awesome. Let's hear about it. So a helpful step here, just be taking a step back to, to think about TVA as a whole. So TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority, it's a federally owned electric utility and the largest in the country. It's got about 33 gigawatts of capacity and makes it just a a really large player in the electricity market. And very excitingly enough, uh, last year, TVA committed to a set number of carbon reduction targets, three. Uh, They committed to a 70% reduction by 2030, a 80% 80% reduction by 2035, and to be completely net zero by 2050. So it's pretty big news for, for one of the country's largest utilities to, to be making commitments like that. And obviously, we're pretty jazzed about it. And to kind of follow up to that, Synapse was commissioned by Sierra Club to look into the existing practices and projections they put forward in the latest IRP and see if they're consistent with that target. So in this report that we're going to be talking about today, we'll be discussing what Synapse found relative to, to what they had found in the IRP. So we've got a lot of interesting content today. Great. So are they consistent? Long story short, the existing trajectory, they have plans to meet these goals using gas plants, essentially. And we don't think that's going to be consistent with their overall goals. We don't think it's going to be consistent as a federally owned utility with President Biden's existing carbon reduction targets as well. So we put forth two other portfolios that it's not only cheaper, but provides up to one-fifth of the emissions by 2050 and does meet both carbon reduction and reliability goals. Can you say that again? The proposal that you have only emits one-fifth of their? Absolutely, yeah. So from the period of 2020 through 2042, um, the cumulative emissions are, are something like 262 in TVA's work and and our findings with our portfolio suggested, we're seeing the annual CO2 emissions are only 5 million tons versus the business as usual case of 26. So so yeah, really almost greater than five times as much in, in the BAU relative to ours. So really, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, it seems like you can't get carbon emission reductions of you know 70% or 80% by replacing coal with gas. It's just not... Um... I mean, the math doesn't work, right? It doesn't, yeah. And, and when we think about it, uh, for a lot of these, investing in gas in this time with the kind of rapidly declining pace of renewable costs, um, you're, you're really exposing yourself to the future with stranded assets. So we, we really think that these two alternative portfolios, and, and I'll describe them in a second, uh, are just a much better alternative to, to the existing plan. Um, we looked at the 2019 TVA IRP, to figure out what TVA was thinking. And they basically put forth a suite of options. And 
One, option A essentially replaces the existing coal units with CCs, and option B basically does that, but with gas CTs, like our combustion turbines. So both, both of these potential trajectories rely heavily on gas. And while we do like that there's a lot of solar in, in, in that plan, we just think there's definitely some more room um, to invest in, in battery storage and other technologies as well. So yeah, It seems like just, just because TVA has access to massive quantities of low-cost debt doesn't mean they should be doing dumb things with that, um, with that money. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And let me just go ahead and, and start describing some of them. So we modeled three cases in our work, one being the BAU, the business as usual case. And that corresponds to a mixture of option A and B from the TVA IRP, heavy expenditures and investments into gas. And then we modeled two alternatives, a solar storage replacement, which looks at just using solar and batteries to meet the reliability goals and the carbon reduction targets. And then a third option we call the clean portfolio replacement. It's pretty similar to, to the solar storage replacement, with the exception that we let it build more wind as well. So overall, you, you see that both result in some pretty massive savings over the, the whole lifetime of the modeling period. We're looking at something like $9.4 billion in the clean energy portfolio case and about $6.4 billion in the solar storage replacement case. So amazingly cheaper. Those are present value savings compared to the company's plant? Yes, that's correct. That's the net present value um, savings relative to the, the business as usual case from 2022 to 2042. Is it shocking to you that they didn't even analyze that if it's saving so much money? Yeah, I think that where we, where we landed with this is that they had some pretty conservative assumptions for um, solar interconnection that ultimately, once you've removed and, and you look at the actual pace of, of solar being deployed around the country, you start seeing a drastically different outcome than, than what TVA modeled. So we think rethinking some of those assumptions and, and maybe potentially thinking through the kind of capacity accreditation values you give to, to renewable resources, those are going to do just drastically change the way you look at renewables and planning for, for that kind of future. So That's amazing. But interconnections are a problem. Is that expected to improve a lot? That's true. So one of the big things coming out of our other work here at Synapse is that we're seeing um, some delays, particularly in PJM. Um, there's a two-year interconnection delay in PJM, and we're, we're seeing similar fights in, in other jurisdictions. Um, but I think it's important to think about the fact that a lot of these are, are definitely politics-based versus engineering-based. I think there's a reliability argument for sure, but there is like a legal battle in a lot of these places. And there's also staffing challenges at some of the, the balancing authorities. There's various other issues that are, that are kind of preventing that. But I do think with support, especially understanding that this is, you know, this is a federally owned utility, I think that there's definitely resources out there, pun intended, to, to overcome some of these challenges. Yeah, I think I think even those those uh, TVA goals that you mentioned, John, are um, ambitious as they may be. They they fall significantly short of the Biden administration's stated clean energy and carbon reduction goals. And and and, and you know it's, it seems like a, a large uh, public power agency like this ought to uh, you know step up and be a leader, or at least align with the federal government. To the extent it's political, they ought to line up with the the the, the, uh, the White House's goals. Absolutely. So just to recap that, President Biden's goal is, I think, uh, a full decarbonization of the electric sector by, by 2035. 
And when you're looking only at an 80% reduction by 2035, that would absolutely imply that you'd have gas units or other fossil burning units. So I think it's, it's a big risk. Um, I think that there's also a big risk when you think about investing in these gas plants and just assuming that you can easily turn them into hydrogen burning plants. Um, but I, I think that there's a whole host of issues. And I think if we want to be consistent with the federal government as a federal owned utility, we ought to start planning consistently. So outside of electric generation and clean electric generation, um, it seems like utilities can have a role in promoting uh, electrification of everything, right? Vehicles and HVAC and so on as part of the climate uh, challenge and especially a big public power entity like TVA that has a history in rural electrification seems like a natural entity to uh, play a role um, in terms of electrifying everything in its region. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And and one of the things we're looking at here at Synapse is our next project, which will be taking another reevaluation of TVA and, and thinking more holistically, even outside of the general IRP process. For instance, for this project, we only looked at the, the load given to us by, by TVA and their IRP. But part of what we're going to be doing this next step is really looking at, well, what happens if you start to electrify the different end uses across TVA's entire system? What happens when import regions become even cleaner? Thinking about all the amazing thing that's going on at PJM, like the interconnection of massive amounts of offshore wind and all that. So definitely keep an eye out for our next project here at Synapse. And we're going to be looking into all of that and hoping to see opportunities where TVA can really lead the country in, in this type of transition. So TVA invested in a lot of uh, baseload coal plants, which I think are no longer running as baseload plants and um, maybe should be uh, looking at the retirement and replacement, no? That's correct. We're seeing a lot of coal capacity that isn't dispatched um, economically. So in our report here, when we look at the capacity mix by resource as a type of, of total capacity across these three different scenarios, we're seeing quite a bit of coal still generating into the late 2037. But when you start to look at cleaner portfolios like the, the two that we've suggested, the solar and storage, as well as the clean portfolio replacement, we really see a, a quite a big drop in terms of coal generation as soon as 2028. So it's, it's a massive difference when you start investing in renewables and you, you start to see even more pressure from the, the really cheap solar and storage uh, resources. So as you start to invest in renewables and as we see these renewable costs declining so rapidly, these coal units have increasingly become more uneconomic. So thank you for having me on, Bruce Genie. Very much appreciate it. Thanks, John. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the show. We look forward to that next report. All right, thank you. Bye. 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 Check out the show notes for visuals and links for more info on the topics discussed. You can find the Energy Nerd Show on social media pretty much everywhere at Energy Nerd Show or on our website at energynerdshow.com. Thanks for listening.